this 2023-2024 NBA Defensive Player of the Year and All Defensive Team Awards Betting Picks Show edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win 100x. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. Roster brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20 off of your first purchase. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And we're giving away $3,000 in our NFL Second Chance Survivor Contest presented by Corey Pinkson and Barking Dog Properties. The contest starts this weekend, and it's free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, October the 20th, currently 515 on the East Coast, here to get into our 2023-2024 NBA Defensive Player of the Year award uh, picks. And we're also going to be discussing the uh, market for the all NBA defensive team. They do have odds for that as well. So we are going to go through that on this episode, but joining me here to help me break it all down. You guys know him as the voice of the tennis gambling podcast on the NFL gambling podcast, the MLB gambling podcast, the WNBA gambling podcast. And of course here on the NBA gambling podcast, it's Scott studio, Rachel Scott. How's it going, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well. Regular season's right around the corner. Starts Tuesday, so we got to wrap up the award show breakdowns. Yeah, two award markets left here for us. We'll go card uh, party in consecutive days here. We've got Defensive Player of the Year left, and then also MVP and All-NBA team. But like I mentioned, we'll be doing the Defensive Player of the Year award uh, on this episode. And going back to last year, we'll just dive right into it here, uh, Scott. Last year... Um, Triple J wins this award, Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies. And traditionally, Scott, this has been a award, a center slash power forward wins. The only player that, um, or the last time a guard won it was uh, two seasons ago in Marcus Smart. I know there's a lot of conversation about that, about him winning that award, if he deserved it or not. But, um, I mean, traditionally, it's been a, a power forward slash center slash Kind of just going down the list, like I mentioned, Triple J that won it last year, power forward, uh, Marcus Smart the year before, but then it was Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Rudy Gobert back to back years, Draymond, Kawhi Leonard back to back years, Joakim Noah uh, in 2014, Marcus Saul 2013, Tyson Chandler, and then Dwight Howard won it in three consecutive seasons uh, when he was with the Orlando Magic, and then just kind of rounded off, just just further going down the list, Kevin Garnett, Marcus Camby, and then Ben Wallace who had won it four out of the five years. So if you want to go all the way back to 1996, the last time a guard won it prior to Marcus Smart winning it was the glove, Gary Payton. So uh, that kind of tells you where the Defensive Player of the Year award goes here, Scott. But um, any general thoughts on on I guess, this award market uh, that you want to kind of get off your chest here? 
Yeah, well, we both knew where the history was going to, I'd say, head us in terms of direction. And I have no guards. So I'm only picking centers and power forwards, and I feel like that's probably the smart move. Marcus Smart did win the award a couple of years ago. I don't think he deserved it, but that's a separate story. Yeah, uh, and again, when we dive into the odds here for this award, uh, at the top, it's Triple J to repeat at 5-1, to one, Evan Mobley at plus 650, Giannis at plus seven fifty. Bam is nine to one. Anthony Davis ten to one. Joel Embiid thirteen to one. Uh, Rudy Gobert and Brooke Lopez each at fourteen to one. The guards then, I guess, kind of fill in here is where Drew Holiday at fifteen to one. Not sure if we consider Mikael Bridges at a guard position, maybe more like a small forward at eighteen to one. OJ Ananobi nineteen to one. Victor Wembanyama at twenty to one, and it goes on from there. Uh, put in perspective, Draymond Green twenty two to one as a player who has won it before, uh, but that's kind of where we're at. Marcus Smart, who did win it a couple seasons ago, he's sitting at 35-1. to one. So, Scott, I guess when you're looking at this awards market, is there anything in particular that you're looking at, maybe from a stats basis or by team-by-team team basis, when you're you know looking to pick your winners or who you want to bet on to win this award? Well, I think the obvious statement that needs to be said in general is you have to be on a good defense, which sounds mm-hmm. obvious, but you have to actually be a team that's going to be winning and a team that's going to be, what do you think, top 10 in points allowed per game? Top yeah, five? I think, yeah, top 10, top five. I think in definitely in the top 10 range for sure. And you mentioned a bunch of the winners in the past. Uh, all those teams also tend to be pretty good. So I do think that, once again, winning is going to matter. So no offense to maybe Victor, if you think he's got a shot to win it. I don't think a rookie's going to win the award. But I think you have to be on a team that actually wins some games. Now, that can lead us into a discussion about Walker Kessler later on because I know that his block numbers are going to be insane. But Utah is going to give up a bunch of points, and they're not going to win many games. So you can argue that no matter how good his individual numbers are going to be, it's going to be held against him that he was so good and it didn't matter because the rest of the team couldn't guard anybody. And Utah last year, for example, still gave up 110-plus points. So I feel like you can make an argument that you can win the award by putting up some great numbers, but you also need your teammates to be good defenders too because of team defense and the overall perception that you are an absolute game-changer defensively. I'm assuming we agree on that, but just to ask, we're not picking a player from a losing team or a team that's going to probably finish bottom 15 in points allowed per game. Yeah, and if you kind of just go down the names that I mentioned, I mean, all those players that were on those teams are pretty much playoff teams, right? Uh, I don't, kind of going down the list, I don't see a player on this list that didn't make the playoffs. I think maybe the only one, and I'll have to go back and fact check this, is Marcus Saul, 2013 Memphis Grizzlies, if they made the playoffs or not. But I'm assuming um, they I mean, did. That might have been the grit and grind. Yeah, with with Zach Randolph and and and, and I think Mike Conley. Conley at that time, right? Yeah, so um, I think that qualification is that you're going to have to be a playoff team uh, to uh, win this or a player on a playoff team to win this award. And like you mentioned, right? I think I'm in agreement as well that you probably have to be at least at minimum your team top ten and defensive efficiency uh, to win this award. So um, I guess we can kind of. I mean, this list is long. I don't think we like anybody with long odds. So I guess we can kind of mention a few guys here that we do like to win this award here. You want to lead us off with some of the guys that you are looking at for this award? 
Sure. So I'm going to start off closer to the favorites and then I'll go from there because okay. once again, I'm not sure how many long shots we're going to really have. And I also want to point out that the odds are very, very wide for the same players. I'm, I'm looking at two books right now and I can see a bunch of disparities. So just shop around as a reminder. Uh, but Jaron Jackson's the favorite. No chance. I'm taking him. Uh, Giannis, I'm not going to take either. I have questions about durability with him, but it's mostly just based on the fact that I think Giannis, even though you can make an argument that he's going to have less of, a, of an offensive responsibility because Lillard is there, I, I do wonder if Brooke Lopez might take away from some of the votes that Giannis might consider getting from people mm-hmm. because he was a finalist last year with Brooke Lopez, and you could argue they did a decent shot to win it. Of course, he didn't, but the point is I do think that the infrastructure is so solid around the Bucks' core that Giannis probably wouldn't get the award, and he might have a shot at MVP. So I'm not going to pick Giannis there. Mobley, I'm not going to take. I think he's a very good defensive player, and I think Cleveland's going to check those boxes. But I don't even know if last year he got the defensive hype around him. Did you see that? Because I know that for gamblers, people were focusing on how good his defense was. I really didn't hear much buzz when it came to winning the award involving Evan Mobley at all. Is it because Cle- people aren't watching Cleveland play? I think it's that. I, I mean, I think there was very little conversation about him winning this award early um, when they were the one seed for like a week. But yeah, but I didn't hear probably, much for the last month and change. Yeah, probably not much. Uh, I mean, as maybe some of the other guys like Triple J, when we heard about maybe him getting some extra stat padding at home games. Uh, to maybe get this award because I think we talked about it on the pod is that his numbers, his block shots at home were significantly higher than he was on the road. But I mean, they're doing so I'm not taking anything away that he did win the award last year, but I, yeah, Evan Mobley, it's not that he's in a small market, but I, I, I tend to agree with you about uh, Evan Mobley there. Yeah. But I think that if I was looking at who the main favorite I would take or the guy with the shortest odds, I would consider it's kind of between two and you can make an argument that, once again, they could be finalists if they stay healthy. I got to take Bam. I think okay. Bam at 10 to 1 is definitely worth value because a lot of people are arguing that he, I don't want to say he's been hosed, but he was one of the people that could have gotten it over Marcus Smart that ended up not getting it. And he's still a very good defensive player. And unlike most of his Heat teammates, Bam does play a decent amount of games. He should end mm-hmm. up qualifying by reaching that threshold now that you need in order to get an award. So Bam, I'm tempted by Anthony Davis. I found very fascinating because it's a leap of faith that he's going to play enough games. But yeah. I think the playoffs showed, and I think we'd all agree that when healthy, he's the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. I agree. I don't think it's um, close. I think he's clearly the best defensive player when healthy. And we saw that in the Memphis series against Jaron Jackson, who won the award. It wasn't even close. Like Anthony Davis is a tier or more above Jaron Jackson in terms of defensive impact. If he stays healthy, the question is, do you want to take the leap of faith? I think at the current odds, um, and just looking at a screen that does have, the odds at some of the um, uh, sports books. I think the highest odds right now, you could get 10 to one over on DraftKings. That's the best number right now for Anthony Davis to win it. So I had to say one offshore. Okay. I I had the same concerns, I guess, as well of what you mentioned is that, is he going to play enough games for him to qualify for this award? Because he hasn't played in more than 60, 
uh, five games since the 2017-2018 season when he was with the Pelicans. Since then, 56 games, 62, 36, 40, and 56. And I know there was a couple of seasons that that was, that was a shortened season, but more times than not, especially over the last you know five to six years, he hasn't met that threshold of 65 um, games that he has to play in. Obviously, the minutes are going to be there for uh, for Anthony Davis, but um, it's definitely at, at the 10 to 1, 11 to 1 price. I think I would put a little bit down on Anthony Davis. Yeah, but I think that out of that main core, since we talked about the durability concerns with Davis, I know we're low on Miami. I think Miami's mm-hmm. got a shot to miss the playoffs, and mm-hmm. that's going to sound insane because they made the finals, but I hated their offseason. I thought yeah. they were one of the bigger losers of the entire offseason, not just because they didn't get Dame, but because they put so much focus on getting Dame. They didn't do anything besides drafting Hawkes and just hoping that the rest would fall into place and relying on Jovic or some of the younger guys to thrive in heat culture. I know that uh, Hayden Highsmith's out indefinitely already, and the season hasn't even started yet, and he was a nice glue guy for bits and pieces there when a lot of other starters were out for the course of the season. Thoughts on Bam? Because I think that Bam has something working for him, which is him usually meeting this threshold, and he does have a robbery case. I don't know if people find it legitimate or not, but I would have voted for Bam over Marcus Smart a couple years ago to win defensive player. Yeah. So number one, I don't think durability is a concern from Bam. I know last year he played in 75 games, the 2021-22 season. He did miss uh, 26 games there, 56. He played in 64. Okay, he was one shy, but then 72, 82, and then 69 games he played in to start his career. You take a look at the numbers. I mean, they've steadily improved as far as the defensive numbers, right? We look at I don't know if they consider defensive rebounding a part of this award as well, but he's averaging right around around a hair over seven defensive rebounds per game. And then we talk about steals. He's averaging a one for his career, but over his last four seasons, around 1.2, uh, sorry, 1.4. Uh, and then the blocks is, I think that is a stat I feel like that they voters will look at because he hasn't averaged, his career average is 0.9. I think when we talk about guys like Jaron Jackson, you know, uh, junior last year who averaged three blocks per game, I think that's something that stands off the page. But I think that for Bam, he would have to average two blocks per game, one and a half, two blocks per game for him to be considered for this award. And I was looking at his stats. I think that was what kind of kept me off of betting Bam uh, to win this award. But again, if you're finding that 10 to one or 11 to one, I think it's, definitely worth the sprinkle especially after you know feeling that he got fleeced for this award maybe not even not last season but the season prior like you mentioned when marcus smart did win the award so i think maybe he does come in with a chip on his shoulder uh this season but i think it also has to show up from in the uh, in, in his uh in the stat box as well since the odds are pretty similar i would prefer bam over ed because you feel significantly okay. more confident about bam reaching that threshold compared to ad If AD was playing 70 games guaranteed, I'd bet this number in a heartbeat. But the question is, is he going to? I don't know. Because he hits the floor five times a game, and he looks like he can't get up half the time. So (laughs) I can't do that. But if AD does stay healthy, he's got a great chance to win the award because the Lakers have a shot at at the one or the two seed. But I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably pick Bam because there's a less durability concern compared to Yeah, I agree. I think for AD, I had a question for you then. If they do end up as a number one or number two seed in the West, do you think he's more likely to win MVP or defensive player of the year? Defensive player, because people okay. still give LeBron a lot of credit in general for MVP. Okay, fair enough. 
All right, what else you got for this? Because uh, uh, kind of going down the list here. I, I, I'll i chime in with this. I, I I was looking at Giannis and or Brooke Lopez, but I think the, them being on the same team, that definitely never helps, you know, with with the voters because, again, that those votes do get split up. But, you know, Brooke Lopez has one, been, been one of the solid defenders um, since he joined the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, we've seen that him being a great defensive rebounder, also block, being able to block shots at 14 to one. But it kind of kept me off, especially with Giannis being the third favorite to win this award. But what else did you like as far as um, some of these guys on the list? Well, I think that's one of the things that actually annoyed me about the Marcus Smart winning was because of the fact that I thought Robert Williams was clearly the better defensive player <laughs> that mm-hmm. season, and they just gave it a Smart anyway. So yeah. you can make an argument that even though you have elite defenders around you, you still need to once again be an elite defensive team. So it's going to be a matter of push and pull, where on one hand, you could argue, well, they have a couple of candidates who could take votes away. But on the other hand, in order for your numbers to thrive and for you to be considered a defensive anchor you don't need other players to pick up their end of the bargain. The only exception was basically Gobert, who was carrying the entire Utah defense for about four years, and the rest yeah. of their core wasn't very good defensively. So that's kind of an exception. But for the most part, I do think even though it can be a crutch to have other potential candidates with you uh, on the same roster, it does help in a way because you do need to finish with an elite defensive rating. I think that you can make up that same conversation for um, Mikhail Bridges and Nick Claxton as well, right? Because yeah. and Ben Simmons the, in theory. Yeah, and Ben Simmons as well because you have three guys there that are uh, definitely great defensive players because right now we see Mikhail Bridges at 18-1 to 1, and then right behind him is Nick Claxton at 20-1. to 1. If you're kind of going down further down the list, Ben Simmons. That was another at, for Bridges, by the way. He was also in the running when Marcus Smart won, but... Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not picking any guards or forward, or uh, like small forwards. I'm only going centers here. Yeah, forty-five to one. Just to put in context for it, Ben Simmons, uh, Scott. All right, before we uh, continue here and get into uh, some more odds here for the NBA Defensive Player of the Year, let me tell everyone about the SGPN Second Chance Survivor Contest and the NFL Gambling Podcast Review Contest. Already been knocked out of your survivor pool? Well, don't worry. We at SGPN got you covered with the SGPN Second Chance Survivor Contest presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. There's $3,000 up for grabs. Winner takes all starts this weekend, so sign up now. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. And also, the NFL Gambling Podcast, guys, we are running a review contest. Leave an Apple Podcast review with your favorite touchdown prop bed related a bet for this weekend. The biggest winner with the highest odds gets a $50 SGPN gift card, but make sure to include the odds and also your YouTube username in the review. So we can contact you when you do win this contest. Also, we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced scorchers. Go five for five and pick up scorchers. Enjoy a spicy hundred X payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first-time deposit bonus of up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win $10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $500. That's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, kind of going uh, further down the list here. We, this is kind of where we get into some of the big men here. So, like I mentioned, Nick Claxton, 20 to 1. 
Chet at 20 to 1. And then you also mentioned at the top of the show, Walker Kessler. And then Jared Allen is in there as well, around 28 to 1. Any of those guys uh, interest you for this award? Well, I do want to ask you, since yeah. I kind of dismissed Walker Kessler in the first minute or so of the show, because I said the team has to be good and they have to actually be winning and make the playoffs. I'm assuming you agree that Kessler is going to put up some crazy numbers, but he's not going to get real consideration. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a guy that can average three, four blocks uh, a game, right? And I think we saw that uh, last season when he was getting a lot of playing time. Uh, he finished the season averaging 2.3 blocks per game. I mean, there's games in there we had like seven blocks uh, to end the season. There was a game where he had, you know, like I mentioned, seven against the Phoenix Suns. He had a game in there where I got five against the uh, Sacramento Kings. Of course, the OKC Thunder in there as well. But I mean, you nailed it when you talked about it at the top of the show is that for a player to be considered in this award, your team has to be at minimum top 10 in defensive efficiency and also a playoff team. I just don't think that's going to be coming into fruition for this uh, Utah Jazz team. In the so, West, in the West, it's, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's very, no, very yeah. unlikely. Yeah. I mean, he would have to put up godly numbers for him to to win this award. Yeah, uh, but I do see that you capper in the comment section said that Mobley finished third last year. So he was a finalist, but I think most people didn't exactly give him much consideration over Jaron Jackson. I think most people thought Jackson was going to win. It just yeah. seemed like Jackson had all the blocks and it seemed like he was going to get there because Minnesota was a very, uh, not Minnesota. Uh, Memphis was a solid team as well. I do think that looking at the centers in this category, though, I am tempted by Claxton, so I am going to take a flyer on him. Now, as a Nets fan, this team might not be good enough to make the playoffs, so Mm -hmm. that's going to be the problem, but this team should easily be a top-10 defensive team in the league. When you throw in Mikel Bridges and Claxton and, for now, what looks like a healthy Ben Simmons, I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if he's going to be fully engaged the entire season, but for now, you put those three guys in a starting lineup, you're a top five defensive team. You can't yes. score, but you'll be top five defensively. And maybe the Nets can sneak into a playing spot and go from there. But Claxton at around 25 to one, I found 25 to one. I think that's pretty tempting. He's a guy who should average more than two blocks per game. He's gotten better offensively over the past couple of years. He's still not a great offensive player, but the coaching staffs are more content with leaving him on the floor because he's not as big of a liability offensively as he used to be. So I expect a lot of overall minutes for Claxton. They don't have much depth at the center position. So Claxton's going to be the main guy. And even though I think Bridges is the better all-around defensive player, since you have a center-driven award, these odds should be flipped. There's no way Bridges should have lower odds than than, uh, Claxton Mm -hmm. since the award has favored big men in the last 20, 30 years. So I think the odds are off on Claxton. I think Claxton should be closer to around 16 to one, give or sure. take, but, 20, yeah. but 25 to one seems like there is some meat on the bone there. I'm going to go with him. And I am actually going to segue into another uh, guy who I, I kind of just name slipped there because I was going to say I'm a former net guy. I like Jared Allen. I think Jared okay. Allen's got value at around 40 to one. Now the concern is going to be health and also Mobley, once again, being a finals last year. But Cleveland should be a top-five defensive team again, as we saw last year. And yeah. Mobley, I know, gets a lot of credit for it. But do I think Mobley should be 7-1 to one while Allen is 40-1? to one? No. I think that's a bit insane, the disparity between those two. Allen is a great shot-blocking guy. We also saw last year, Cleveland really struggled when Allen got hurt. 
And I'm not sure if that's going to matter. I'm not sure voters are going to factor that in for this year. But if Allen stays healthy, he's a great rim protector. And you can argue maybe it's kind of like the Giannis and Brooke Lopez situation where you're going to see them take votes away from each other. But the odd differential between Giannis and Lopez compared to Mobley and Allen is just significantly shorter for Giannis and Lopez. Like Those guys are still close. These odds aren't close at all between Mobley and Allen. I think there's value on Jared Allen at 40 to 1. Yeah, I think for Jared Allen, I mean, he's already going to start uh, missing uh, games at the beginning of the season. He's, he's returning from or trying to recover from a left ankle bone bruise. So he still hasn't participated uh, in practice or anything like that. Something that we uh, will have to definitely keep in mind. Re- reaching but, the threshold is going to be a problem there. And once again, you yeah. could argue that that works in their favor if he plays for the rest of the season. And let's say Cleveland sucks to start the first five, ten games. They just are mm-hmm. not a great defensive team. Allen comes back and they're world beaters. There's a narrative there. You can make an argument, yeah. but yeah. the injury is important to mention. I think forty to one is worth a flyer. But sure. you do men- you do make a good point about him already being injured and the season hasn't started yet. But I'm trying to think of other surefire top ten defensive teams that have I'm not going to say Steven Adams, but you get where I'm trying to go with this. Sure. Like Robert Williams, you can make an argument. But once again, I don't think Houston's going to be good enough. And I wonder about his durability. So I have to go with centers. I think in this price range, Clax is one of my favorite bets on the board at 25 to 1. I'll take a flyer at 40 to 1 on Allen. Yeah, I think in this range, I do like Claxton here as well. Um, and we've seen, I mean, I mean, you know, you're the Nets fan. You've seen a lot of his games and how good he can be uh, for this, um, the Brooklyn Nets defense. And again, I think that the consideration for Mikhail Bridges is more going to be for most improved player of the year. And we pull up, or I'm, I'm pulling up the the defensive ratings last year. Brooklyn uh, finished number 16. I think maybe that a lot of that had to do with at the beginning of the season when they had, you know, the Kyries of the world, the Kevin Durant's of the world. Uh, but now, you know, getting Ben Simmons back. They also had Steve having, Nash as a coach, and they were just exactly. giving him a bunch of points. So. Yeah, so um, I think they will definitely be in that uh, conversation of being at least a top 10 defensive rated team. To your point about Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, uh, Cleveland was the number one defensive rated team last year with a rating of 109.9, followed by Boston Celtics and the Memphis Grizzlies, who Jaron Jackson Jr. did win the award for last season. Uh, before we continue the conversation here, uh, for this uh, awards market, let me tell everyone about Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't have to be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets, your best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Their app is so easy to use. They have some great features on there. They have flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every type of event in your area. And the best thing I love about their app. So you actually get an image of the seat before you actually purchase the ticket. So there's no any, there's not any surprises. You actually do get to that specific venue. No obstruction in your way either. You know exactly what you're going to get because, like I mentioned, they give you that uh, image of your seat view. So forgetting, uh, forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Clicks get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball. Concerts, comedy, theater, and much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, I mentioned, like I like I mentioned, the getting the images of your seat before you buy them. And in a matter of seconds, with two taps, you're all set to go. And you don't have to worry about haggling through your mailbox 
or your email box looking for those tickets because those tickets are going to go directly into the game time app so take advantage of this all you got to do is download the game time app create an account and use promo code cfbx for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download Game Time app, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for player props, parlays, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bets with the circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, Scott. So I think yeah, I feel like we're pretty much in agreement about some of these uh, big men here. I know I, I also had Nick Claxton on my list at 20 to 1. I'm trying to see if we do find better odds on him. So you can get a 25 to 1 on FanDuel uh, for Nick Claxton uh, for this award. I did consider Chet um, for this award just because I know, number one, the block shots are going to be there for him. But I think that if he does have a stellar season, if it's both uh, on the both sides of the of the court on offense and defense, then he'd probably just get rookie of the year. But we know he can block the shots. He can get the rebounds uh, for Chet at 20 to 1. That was one I did consider. I wanted to get your thoughts on Mitchell Robinson at 35 to 1. Um, when I know health has been a concern for him as well, uh, but I think when he is in the lineup, he definitely gets a block shot. He's a great rebounder. He gives the New York Knicks that that rim protection. Also, as a defensive-minded head coach with the New York Knicks, and you also added Josh Hart, a defensive guy. Dayton Divincenzo can play some defense for you as well. RJ Barrett provides some length as well. So I do expect the Knicks to be at least a top 10 defensive rated team coming into the season. The question then becomes, do they make the playoffs through uh, um, the New York Knicks? Yeah, they should. So I, cons- I, I I also did write down Mitchell Robinson on my list, and then Robert Williams was there as well. But I think out of those two, I, I would rather take a flyer on Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I think that Robinson's tempting if you do think he somehow reaches the threshold. Uh, to look, actually look at his career numbers, played 59 games last year, which is more than I thought he played. Played yeah. 72 the year before, which is actually solid. Played 31, 61, and 66 his rookie year. So his blocks are usually around one and a half to two and a half. Let's assume two because that's his career average. He usually averages around one steal per game. So I do think, once again, he can be a guy that checks the stat boxes on the stat sheet. Now, I think Mitchell Robinson was kind of on my long shot list. I was not going to be at 40 to 1, but I found a 66 to 1 on BetMGM. That I'm tempted by at 66 to 1. Do I think he's going to win the award? Probably not. But I do think if you're looking at a Thibodeau team, which is, I don't want to say guaranteed to finish top 10 defensively, but you're assuming with the lack of overall pace and with Thibodeau's reputation, they should be a good defensive team. So I think that Mitchell Robinson, we saw it in the playoff series, how he dominated against Mobley and against Allen. He has moments where he can be that impactful on the boards and with regard to shot blocking. So, yeah, I think there might be some value in Mitchell Robinson. Maybe if the Knicks are really good and they're a potential three or four seed and they want to give the New York 
uh, they want, the New York media wants somebody to kind of rally behind for an award. I do think that Robinson's worth consideration. So we, we've kind of seen eye to eye on this actual award, but I actually had Robinson listed at 66 to 1. I see 80 to 1 on FanDuel. That's that's kind of crazy. That I would take. I mean, you said well, you, you said 40 to 1 when we started, and there's another book that has 80 to 1. So a reminder to shop around, but yeah. 80 to 1? Hell, I'll take that. Yeah, it's a great deal. DraftKings has 35 to 1 and FanDuel has 80 to 1. Uh, yes, you're getting, like, you're getting like two plus times, two and a half times just by shopping around. 80 to 1 is yeah. a bargain. Um, you mentioned Claxton. You could get yeah, 25 to 1 in, on him at, at FanDuel as well. So like we mentioned, again, definitely shop around to get the best odds uh, on because that's a huge discrepancy from 35 to 1 to 80 to 1 for a guy like Mitchell Robinson. I uh, anybody ask else you, by that the way. intrigued you? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, before we wrap it up, nobody else really intrigued me that much. I thought about maybe like a Jaden McDaniels type, like maybe yeah. if I wanted to, but I not, not much that I can go to the window with. I was going to ask you, though, we kind of mm-hmm. glossed over a couple of former winners at decent mm-hmm. prices that I wanted to ask you about. Draymond's around 20 to 1, and Gobert's around like 16 or 18 to 1. We glossed over them, maybe intentionally, but I wanted yeah. to at least bring them up because they have won this award before. Any interest in either of them? I think for me, Rudy Gobert, definitely, because I don't think there's voter fatigue when it comes to this award, right? Because we saw Dwight Howard win it three years in a row. We saw Ben Wallace win it four out of five years. So I don't think there's a a, a voter fatigue when it comes to Gobert won three out of four from 2018 to 2021. Yeah, so I, I think there's a definitely a possibility there where he can, you know, win this award again. And we talk about that Minnesota team, right? I think defensively they're going to be a lot better as well, um, you know, for this upcoming season. Uh, and again, for Rudy Gobert, we know that he's not going to be involved offensively. His job out there, like it was in Utah, go block shots, protect the rim, and rebound the basketball. And I think for his odds right now, you could get it anywhere from 20 to 1, Anywhere from 10 to 1 to 20 to 1 is what I'm seeing on the screen right now. And again, uh, FanDuel has him at 20 to 1 to win this award uh, at, um, let me see, let me just double check. Uh, yeah, Rudy Gobert, 20 to 1, currently over on FanDuel. So I think from those two, I would cons- I would I would put money down on on Rudy Gobert between him and Draymond Green for as far as former award winners. Just ask, what is keeping you from also including Draymond? Um... I don't think anything really is keeping me from it. Um, I think maybe availability, but Draymond Green has been pretty, I want to say... Uh, durable, for the most part. Yeah, yeah durable. He was injured right for word. part of last year, which he kind of played through, and you could tell that he got better as the year went on. Yeah. I don't think he's as good defensively or close to it as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Same with Gobert, though. So the argument is you're going for an award winner in the past who's clearly not as good as he used to be defensively. And the question is, are they going, are the voters going to take that into account and go, well, he's still a good defensive player, but he's not a great defensive player anymore. And that's kind of my concern. And Golden State defensively this year, I mean, Chris Paul's past his prime. Curry's an okay defender. Clay's can't guard anybody anymore. Are they a good defensive team? Like, I don't think they're going to finish top 15 defensively. I don't think so either. I think last time Draymond won the award was back in 2017. So that was what six seasons ago. And yeah, now he obviously being six years older, but you kind of take a look at how many games that he's played since he won that award. Uh, 66, uh, I believe when he did win the award. Um, and then he's played 43, 63, 46. 
prior to last season. And then um, he played in 70 games for the first time since the 2017, 2018 season. So I think that's the only pause I would have with, uh, with Draymond green. I was just asking because once again, they're going to do the small ball center lineup and Draymond gets extra credit for guarding guys that are bigger than him. And that's always a factor, but I think Draymond's past his prime defensively, so I yeah. would not pick him either. Gobert is interesting because you said there is no real f- uh, voter fatigue with him in this award because mm-hmm. there have been multiple winners for several years in a row. Gobert is yeah. one of them. The problem is a lot of people turned on him about two years ago because of the playoff series against right. Dallas and how he got killed in that mm-hmm. entire series. It's not really voter fatigue, but I do wonder if voters are just going to look at him and go – we know you're going to get killed in the playoffs. Once again, I'm not blaming Gobert for that whole series against Dallas because the supporting pass, particularly the guards with Donovan Mitchell and with Bogdanovich and post-prime Mike Conley, they weren't guarding anybody that entire series. Gobert was hung out to dry, but there was a certain, I'd say, a certain reputation building around Gobert that he's an advanced stats defensive wizard, but in practicality, he's a bit overrated because he gets torched in the playoffs all the time. I don't agree with that narrative, but that narrative was around. And I do wonder if that's going to be an issue once again and why voters might not vote for him again because of all the past playoff disappointments where he was kind of played off the floor in a way against Mm -hmm. Dallas and against all these other teams that Utah ended up losing to the Clippers in that one series where Terrence Mann had like a 40-point game and a closeout spot. But I think when you're looking at the spot, for comparing the odds between Draymond and Gobert, I am a lot more tempted by Gobert at 20-1 to than I am by Draymond because you have a couple of really solid defenders with that Minnesota core. Connolly's not as good as he used to be, but he's still a pretty good defensive guard. Edwards has upside. I think people overrate him defensively, but he has moments where he can show you flashes. I think Anderson is an underrated defensive player. Uh, McDaniels is solid. If he's not going to punch a wall, he's a very good defensive player. They have a lot of potential talent defensively, (laughs) which could put Minnesota as a top 10 defensive team. Gobert, I think, is not near the player that he used to be. But at 20-1, to I think there is some value there, so maybe a light bet there but nothing heavy because I do wonder if the voters are just going to be tired of them and they're going to try to go elsewhere. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you just mentioned there. I, I think that for Draymond, it's just that, again, he's older. Um, I think durability is a concern for me with Draymond. Um, but I, I think for also for Golden State, like it's you want to have your guys healthy going into the playoffs. I mean, there's no question they are going to be a playoff team. And are they going to be a top 10 rated defense? I'm not sure. Um, you know, when it comes, well, they, were, they at couldn't least, play on the road last team year. perspective. I, I, I don't know if that was yeah. fluky or not, but they just handed out 120 points in virtually every road game. And you're looking at the yeah. age of the actual core. You just said it a second ago, it's older. Wiggins is a good mm-hmm. defender. Clay is not. I will die on that hill. Clay at this point can't guard anybody. Curry's a better defender than people think, but he's still not a great defender by any means. I don't think defensively, and Kaminga has not gotten much run time because he can't guard anybody, and Kerr kind of hates him for it. So we'll see what happens, but Golden State this year, I'd be shocked if they were a top-10 defensive team. Yeah. Uh, Let's get over to all NBA first-team selections here, and I think this market maybe is a little more intriguing 
when we talk about guards that could be involved or potentially guys that can make the uh, all NBA first team here. So I know they go, I think they go all the way to what second, I know they were second team for sure. I'm not sure if they have a third team for all defensive NBA, but um, so last season, just for reference, the all NBA first team was Jaron Jackson, Jr. Followed by Nick, uh, Nick, uh, uh, Brooke Lopez, Alex Caruso, Drew Holiday, and Evan Mobley. And then second team last year was Bam Adebayo, OG Ananobi, Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green, and Derek White uh, for uh, those respective teams. But so there's two guys that are the chalk, uh, Evan Mobley minus 180, and then Jaron Jackson Jr. minus 170 to be all defensive first-team players. And then you get into some of the plus odds. Uh, you have Giannis at plus 110, Bam at plus 130, and the odds kind of open up a little bit with AD at plus 320, Brooke Lopez plus 340, Rudy Gobert plus 350, Nick Claxton 4-1, OG Ananobi plus 450, and Mikhail Bridges plus 450 as well. So... um, I think this might be the spot where you wanted to maybe look at guys that aren't going to be on team or are on teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. They may not be in that top 10 defensive rating category where they do get rewarded for being individual great defenders. So, um, you know, we talked about Walker Kessler. He's at plus 650. Um, Mikhail Bridges plus 450, Nick Claxton four to one. Anything that excites you as far as this list? I feel like we're obligated to kind of repick all the guys we mentioned who have a shot to win sure. the award. The yeah. only problem is they're playing the same position. So this is why it opens up because you can now pitch guards. And I know that somebody asked before if there's any guards worth a shot. I posted in the chat Drew Holiday's 25 to one. Is he going to win the award? No, but Boston's going to be a very good defensive team. Caruso's the fun one. He's 66 to one. The problem is the Bulls are going to suck. So he doesn't have an actual shot to win the award because the Bulls are going to be terrible. Unless your argument is Caruso is a candidate to get traded midseason. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. That's a great point. I think Caruso is worth a look for the guards. I think he's a great defensive player. I got to be a little, I got to put in some type of Homer pick here or at least show a little bit of love. To Dylan Brooks, I mean, for him to be at twenty-two to one, where he did make defensive, uh, all defensive team last year, the second what team. Caruso, I say. What was Caruso, by the way, just for odds comparison? Uh, plus five fifty. Okay, I mean, I'm trying to think if five fifty is even worth it because he was first team last year. Okay, yeah, anyway, you said you sure said Brooks is twenty-two to one. Okay, yeah. Uh, ben Simmons is that they're at twenty-two to one as well. Okay. I'm, I mean, you have all the odds in front of me. I don't have access yeah. to this market in New York. So, uh, I mean, if you want, if you mean, if you have any guys in particular, I, I can let you know. I mean, what's Drew, Hol- what's Drew Holiday at? So, Drew Holiday is at plus 450. It's not bad. Yeah. I think Holiday I- at this stage in his career is an overrated defensive player. But now that Robert Williams is not there, someone's going to have to get credit defensively for this mm-hmm. team. And it's going to be Drew Holiday because they just traded for him and he's regarded as being the most underrated player in the league even yeah. though he's been the most underrated player in the league, according to most people that you talk to for the last four years. So he's no longer underrated, but that's a separate conversation. Uh, the yeah. point is, I think that he definitely is worthy of getting accolades. And I think that Drew Holiday is going to be playing for a great basketball team. Boston should be the one seed on paper. And most mm-hmm. people are picking them to be the one seed. There's value on Holiday at like 450, in my opinion, for the guards. 
Yeah, um, I was intrigued a little bit by OG Ananobi as well at plus 450. I think he's one of the more underrated defenders in our league as well. Durability uh, concerns, but yes. Yeah, durability concerns with him as well. And then, um, yeah, Dylan Brooks at 22 to 1. What do you think about Josh Hart at 25 to 1? It's tempting, but they have two of the same player on the same team. Yeah, that's true. Vincenzo is yeah. the exact same guy. So that kind of yeah. is going to go against them. I do want to ask you, since we're looking at the – they go by forwards, not by like small forward, power forward, right? Yeah, it's probably like they just combine like the center and the forward position. I mean, traditionally we see like a a center uh, be at that, like I guess, you know, have a center and then it's pretty much like a f- power forward and then it's just a plethora of guards there. It's not like point guard shooting yeah. guard specific I, I was asking because i was wondering if you had odds on herb jones uh 18 to 1 hell uh, hell yeah i'll take that at 18 to 1 i think herb jones is a great defensive player yeah um see that was one i would consider for defensive player of the year but again like we mentioned he kind of plays he is a forward but i don't i'm not sure like he'll get enough credit or if we do think that the pelicans are going to be a top 10 rated defense because with Ingram and with Zion now yeah they're not no. going to be top 10 but for this award I mean Herb Jones a great defensive player yeah I wish Jose Alvarado was a starter because just for kicks I would put him I would put yeah. like some type of pizza money down on him because he's absolute pest so I just uh, want to ask though comparing yeah. odds what is Mikel Bridges odds for first team compared to Herb Jones so Mikel Bridges is plus oh that's wrong. That's all NBA. All defense. Okay, Mikel Bridges plus 450. Okay, and you said okay, so I think Herb Jones is closer in terms of defensive impact to Mikel Bridges than the odds suggest. Yeah. Herb is 18 to 1. 18 to 1 is nuts. Herb yeah. Jones is, in my opinion, easily a top 15 defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, close to yeah. top 10. It's going to be it's going to be you know kind of slanted more towards centers, but still, Herb Jones is a great defensive player, and I'm trying to think of anybody else I'm tempted by. What's Marcus Smart at for just for kicks? Uh, I just saw his name. Where did he go? Marcus Smart plus seven fifty. Okay. Once again, I think Marcus me. Smart's an overrated defensive player, but seven fifty yeah. is pretty tempting for a guy that has the reputation of being this incredible defensive guard. Yeah, Jared Allen is plus nine fifty. If that you know intrigues, but again, he's competing with a lot of he's missing power the start of the and two, centers. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to that. that off. Yeah. But okay. You have any other names? Because you have the odds in front of you. But I wanted to mention Herb Jones at eighteen to one. I think that's a great price. Yeah, I mean, those were the the ones. I think the furthest I went down was Dylan Brooks at twenty two to one and Ben Simmons at twenty two to one. I mean, after that, I was nothing. There was nothing that really intrigued me. Um if you want to take a flyer on a guy like Lou Dord, I think he's a great on-ball defender. What's 25, his odds? Twenty-five to one. Okay. Um, but this is again, this is or this is for first team. And again, last season, guys that made first team were Jaron Jackson, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Evan Mobley, and Alex Caruso. I'm pretty sure Alex Caruso was pretty good odds last season. Wait, so there was one guard? Uh, yeah. So no, two. Uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, Drew Holiday, okay. So Holiday yeah, was there last year. Yeah, yeah. Caruso and uh, uh, Holiday were the two guards. The two forwards were Jaron Jackson Jr., Evan Mobley, and then the center they had, Brooke Lopez. So it almost is like one center, two forwards, and two guards for this uh, defensive team. That's why I was asking because I'm kind of trying to hone in on that guard position or maybe yeah. like the small forward spot because I mentioned Holiday before. He made it last year. It's a bargain. Whatever the price is for Holiday, I think you said 450. He made it last year. Boston's going to be a great team. Like that's definitely worth it. 
And he's yeah. also replacing Marcus Smart. So if they are able to hold serve defensively compared to last year and they lost Robert Williams, they're going to give Drew Holiday a bunch of the credit. I'm not sure if he deserves it, but they're going to give it to him anyway. So I like Holiday there for that price as my safe plus money play. And then once again, my long shot's going to be Herb Jones. But I think that's a great price. What are the odds on DeJounte Murray? 25 to 1. He was a second team guy a couple years ago. And also, I think we also have to consider is that uh, Derek White also made second all NBA defensive team last year. Uh, he's at 12 to 1, but now being on the same team, I'm not sure if that affects it or not. Maybe picking two guys from the same team. Uh, but this is, again, we're talking about first team NBA. But Do you think voters would more likely vote for Drew Holiday first team or Derek White? Because I think it's easily Drew Holiday based on reputation. Yeah, exactly. 100% it's Drew Holiday. Do you yeah. want to make a Walker Kessler pitch? I really like Walker Kessler, man. His yes, really blocks are going to be crazy. Yeah, but I, I think what it, what the issue is with him is that he's competing with centers that are in front of him on this list. It's Joel Embiid, it's Nick Claxton, it's Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, and Brooke Lopez, and Bam. So that's seven yep. guys right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at those odds, I feel like it should be, with those guys in front of him, his odds should be more than 10 to 1 Yeah, for all NBA first team uh, defense. So... Yeah, uh, anything further down the list, I, it didn't really intrigue me. I think that yeah, the first I would go is probably Lou Dort at twenty-five to one. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Anybody else you would consider? I'm just trying to think of guards. Uh, that's really what I'm trying to think of. Like, so I'll, I'll rattle off a, a couple here that's uh, that are guards down the list. So campaign at twenty-five to one, where she's not even going to be a starter. No, um, Paul George thirty to one. Not going to be healthy. No. Shaden Sharp, thirty-five to one. I don't even know if he can guard anybody. I just know he's a very good dunker. Kelly Oubre, thirty-five to one. That's interesting. Uh, not Emmanuel because I K- want to take it. I just find I think Oubre is once again a, she should be like eighty to one. Like that's just a terrible price. Uh, Emmanuel quickly fifty to one. He doesn't guard anybody. Tht no. fifty to one. Uh, what about Kevin just throwing names out at this point? Durant fifty to one. No, I don't think so. And the last, I, I think Durant's card. going to be in other award consideration. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. And, and the, the last name that's on the list that stops at sixty to one is Dennis Schroeder. I'm trying to think. Like, is Trey Jones a good defensive player? I'm really yeah, but, digging at the bottom of the barrel here. Like, I'm, tr- yeah, I'm trying to but, think. I don't even see him on this list here. It, it stops at sixty to one with Dennis Schroeder. I don't okay. even see uh, a Titus Jones on here. But yeah, definitely an interesting market. Maybe that they'll expand this more. Um, Maybe not this year, but I think this is the first time I've, I've, I've actually noticed it. Maybe it's been there, but I don't know. Maybe they expanded a little more in, uh, in the following seasons. But anything else? Not really. I, I think we kind of covered all the bases. I was trying to, once again, try to find a last-second long shot I could I could be tempted into. And mm. I'm trying to think of all the very solid guard defenders in the league on the top of my head, and I feel like I mentioned most of them. At least ones that would get serious first-team consideration. Yeah. Um, I wish that that list was a little longer because it, it stopped at sixty to one. But I mean, yeah. it's pretty much has all the guys that um, that are on the defensive player of the year awards. It's just a lot of guys are at odds that are shorter than ten to one. That are and kind you of mentioned bench players like Pat, Pat Bev's coming off the bench now in Philly. Yeah, I, yeah. They, there's not many options that I'm really considering here. And if yeah. there are good defensive guards, they got to be by themselves because I, we just said Derek White's going to get overshadowed by Drew Holiday anyway. 
Yep, I agree. All right, Scott, that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast, the 2023-2024 NBA Defensive Player of the Year Award and All-NBA Defense First Team. You can find uh, All-Defensive First Team over on uh, DraftKings. I don't see it listed anywhere else. But again, this is a reminder that, again, shop around for these odds if you're going to bet on these numbers. I don't think Scott and I can stress that enough because we mentioned just an example Mitchell Robinson is ranging anywhere from 35 to one all the way up to 80 to one. So again, shop around um, and get the best number on not only just this market, but also any market awards market that you're betting on, because you are going to find some great value on books that may be asleep at the wheel, um, putting out some of these odds. Uh, We have one awards market left. That's going to be MVP and all NBA first team. So we'll probably do that sometime over the weekend and get this out to you guys before the season starts. So you can get down on some of these futures, but Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Not really. I know we still got to do the MVP award. Uh, I'm not sure who's. Are we all going to be on that? Well, I'm not sure how the schedule is going to work out. We're going to. Uh, I was going to maybe like try to get Lante on to that one. I don't know if you and Lante want to do it, but we'll figure that out, out offline. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But once again, the season starts Tuesday, so get excited. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So make sure to follow uh, Scott on uh, X or Twitter, whatever you may want to call it, at Rice Show Radio. Follow me on Twitter or X at SportsNerd824. More importantly. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SGPN NBA. And again, if you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, uh, please go ahead and do so. We're going to get those alerts as soon uh, as we go live for the regular season, um, handicapping every single game Monday through Friday at minimum. And then we'll see if we want to expand it uh, when it, you know, people start paying attention to the NBA after Christmas or after the new year. But hey, we will be at minimum going Monday through Friday. 11 a.m. Eastern. We do have a contest coming up for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Just ironing out the final details. We'll get that posted on Twitter as well. So again, great reminder, follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. All right, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to 